What up, fam? Look I just saw it. you on the gram. Oh, I told him you was coming over with two big chains and a bracelet. Hey, I promise not to pull a cat yeah. on y'all today, man. Hey, right. hey. <laughs> hey, shoot. If it get a, if it get us all them views, you can do what the hell you want. 88, what's up? What it do, man? How you feeling? Wait, what you what you rocking over? You got the orange in there too? Man, got the orange. It's the AP, man. I had to match the kicks. Man, you always been fresh, though. By hey, the way, congratulations to your son. Man, thank that's you, dope. Man. I like seeing that. I appreciate it. You know, I'm working it, with mine right now, so. I saw you. I saw him outside. Yeah, that's my guy, man. How old is he? Uh, 13. That's awesome. Cause he's a little younger. Does he know who dad was though? Yeah, he know, he know. He so tell, he don't he tell have me to watch the YouTube. Nah, I he like. do, he do. He watch everybody. His favorite guys is chasing um Jefferson. Jettas. Those yeah. his guys. LSU boys. Yup, LSU boys. Those yeah. his guys. He wears his hair just like him, hitting the gritty and all that. I say, yeah, them two guys to follow. So I respect it. They can play. Does he do the? Oh, he do that. Oh, he do that. <laughs> where, where did that come from? Dante Hall. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I had put a meaning behind Joystick. mine. I put a meaning behind mine, you know, just X out the negative. You know, I always felt like since I was young, I'd never been given a fair chance and just always defeating the odds and, you know, just give me that extra motivation, you know, to show the guys who come up just like me, you can do the same thing. So I love it. That's now, where it come from. That, that joke took over the stadium, right, though, right, right. every time you scored. That's you. You left yeah. leading touchdown getter in an entire organization and it, with the Dallas Cowboys. That's huge, bro. Hold up. Limitless. They can see me kind of pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On a mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Only vision I can trust. Trust. Limitless. They can see me kind of pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On a mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Sometimes we forget what you were at your height, and I think people forgot that too, man. That's why it's cool that you're here. Chan, obviously, Freddie T. We're here with Dez Bryant, I'm RC at The Pivot. I'm gonna say this though, <laughs> right? So they was like, hey man, Dez coming on the show. I was like, all right, let me go study up. You know, let me get right. So it came out April 19th, 2010, right? So it was a few days before the draft and it said, all of Dez Bryant's teammates, coaches, friends say he's a great person and a great teammate. They say he only got one problem. He's sure habitually enough. late. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know it, 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 it holds it holds a lot of truth. You know, um, as a you know as a young and that's where you know that's where a lot of it stems from. You know, um, no structure. You know, no guidance. You know, having to learn along the way. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, and finally I was getting to it, and you know, it made a big difference. Man, that's awesome. Tell me a little bit, Des, about how moving around in high school especially, yeah. in those formidable years affected you. We had Michael Beasley on, and, you know, basketball is a different game, right? Mm -hmm. And you can jump to different schools and do different things, be in different homes, yeah. but it's hard to maintain relationships in that. Mm -hmm. How did those years of your life affect you? It wasn't really no big deal. You know, that was just, that was just my environment. That's where I was from, you know, where I can lay my head, you know, I was comfortable. You know, um, to be really honest, um, growing up, I didn't really even, you know, take football that serious. Mm. You know, it was just something that I did. Um, it kept me out of trouble. And uh, I never forget, um, I remember my coach, my head coach, Guy Rich, so he pulled me off to the side. He asked me, you know, did I want to go to college? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be honest. Like, I would watch college football, you know, on TV. But I was like, damn, you know, hopefully one day, you know, I can do that. But I ain't really 
you know, take it that serious. Really? But yeah, like I was saying, he pulled me off to the side and he asked me, did I want to go to college? And I was like, shit, yeah. You know, and um, he pulled all these letters from off and underneath his desk and it was just scholarships from everywhere. Wow. And I didn't know what none of that stuff mean. I didn't know my position rank. I didn't know any of that stuff. You know, people got to ch um, chant my name, cheering my name. That made me, you know, fall in line, made me want to stay away from people that, you know, didn't mean me no good. That was family, friends, or whoever. Mm -hmm. I saw that as an opportunity to, to really get out. I love it. Hey, Des, we just posted our two-year thing. Yeah. And we talked about, you know, purpose, integrity, uh, talked about the guests, yeah. valuing people, all that different stuff. Um, so purposely, I wore the X hat. Oh, Shout yeah. out to A-Roll like for, like for the hat and uh, sending me the package. Last time we saw you, bruh, Chan was talking about uh, Winn-Dixie smelling like mop water and grandma booty. Dad's <laughs> bring something out of me, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm a fan. That was the last time we seen you, bro. So with that, man, like I said, I'm a fan. I've always been a fan, man. How you doing? Man, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm doing a lot better than the last time I saw you guys. Right. I don't know, man. I just got to a point in my life to where um, I wanted to take accountability. You know, if it was me being in the wrong or somebody else being in the wrong, I. You know, what I mean by taking accountability is just taking amongst myself to put myself in, you know, the best situation that I want to see myself in. Right. That's kind of where I'm at right now. You know, no blame game. Um, if it's for me, it's for me. If it's not, I wish you well and I love you. Along those lines, talking about accountability, mm -hmm. I got to ask you this, because there was a tweet that kind of came out a couple weeks ago. Okay. You said, and I want to ask you if it still stands true, yeah. or you was just trolling. I really want to get in a boxing ring with Stephen A. Smith <laughs> and Stool President. This nigga ain't gonna fight nobody. Folks, <laughs> let me finish the tweet. Oh, man. Folks like them talk the way they do because they know they can't be touched. But I wish they would agree to get in the ring with me so I can unleash my frustration against them. I can beat the crap politely, man. crap, out of them without going to jail. Well, you just trolling was, or you really want to box I was trolling, I was trolling. Stephen A love you. I, I love Stephen A too. I, I was right. really trolling. You know, um, I, I guess, you know, one of my things was is, is I'm real big on, you know, treatment, you know, fair treatment when it comes to black and white athletes, mm. you know, and it's really nothing against um, the white athlete. It's just how the narrative, you know, is it, it, spun. So, you know, I always got a problem with that. We work 10 times harder, clear as day. I got a lot of experiences to where, um, you know, that make me lash out sometimes, you know, the way I do. Like I said, um, I have no hate, you know, towards Josh Giddy. I don't even know the man. Mm. Just thought it was just unfair, you know. Um, what, what's that word? I can never pronounce it right. Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pronounced it perfectly. The way the media kind of fit that in there, depending on who it is, it just bothers me, man. Like. I'm like, okay, let's talk about him the way we talked about my guy on draft day, who got drafted to the Charlotte Hornets. You're speaking of Malika now. Yeah, Malika situation. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Got yeah, it, got let's it. let's talk about that. I have yeah. no hate towards her neither. You know, it's just, let's just have that same energy, and I just kind of feel like it's never the same energy. This the same shit been going on for years and years and years and years, and you know, I, I really stand for the players. You know, because I get it. We've been in these locker rooms. Right. You know, we have these locker rooms talks, and if, if people really heard the locker room talk, I kind of feel like they'll get a true perspective, you know, from the athlete. You know, athletes, they'll text you on the side, 
versus, you know, tweeting. I, I know y'all know what I mean when I, you know, when I say that. You know, and I'm just that type of person where it's like, man, hey, I don't even want none of that. Mm -hmm. Let's speak up. You know, let's speak up and, and really try to, you know, make a change. Hey, you say you ain't want none of that. That's what Stephen A said. What? He said, you can't Nate Robinson him. That oh, show, that, ro that rotator cuff video, he said that was his height. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm messing with you, man. <laughs> I love both of y'all, bro. I, I really do I love, love Stephen A. Stephen A, when you see this, just know I love you, boss. Yeah. There's no hate. I was just trolling. To your point, though, about the, the different way narratives are written, it's, for, it's in the, the macro and what you're talking about, like the big scale, but it's also micro. Uh, for, for instance, John Morant comes back, and whatever little dance these kids are doing now where they hear like this, when John Morant's headline was written on social media, it was John Morant shoots guns, right, in celebration. And then Quinn Ewers from Texas do the exact same thing, right. and it was Ewers, I can't even say his name, Ewers, whatever, yeah, you know. celebrates a touchdown. Right, and it was just the differences in ways that athletes are covered. So I don't believe that you're wrong there. And I'm in the media, you know. For instance, when I got an opportunity to speak about Sean Payton and his behavior toward Russell Wilson, I said he behaved as a thug, yeah. right? And there were people who had a problem with me, but I said, no. We have seen these sorts of behaviors from African-American athletes. That's how they've been characterized. Mm -hmm. So I took exactly what was happening in the media to us and did it to them, and obviously, they didn't like it. When you are speaking out now, right? You're speaking out from a former player's perspective. You're talking about the feelings that you've had in the locker room. What has made you so willing to put your voice to those things? It's the maturity, man. And um, I, like I said, I'm biased when it comes to the athlete because I know some of the things that I know damn near everything, you know, we go through, you know, from the start to the end. And um, I, I always told myself, I even told Jerry, I was like, you know, whenever I'm done with the game, I want to keep my hands back in the locker room. I feel like I got a lot to offer. The guys don't even think about the end, you know, of the game. You know, we all going to have our time. Mm -hmm. And um, how do you prepare for that? You know, so, you know, one thing I know, like I said, is football and athletes well. And I was like, man, I'm just going to invest my time into that. I'm going to kick it to them straight. We ain't for the bullshit. Hey, dude, you don't do this. Yeah, it's gonna be done, you know. <laughs> you know, you yeah. don't you don't get around somebody that that know, you know, a lot, a lot or just a little bit more than you. Yeah, it's gonna be done. You're gonna be assed out. You're gonna be broke. You're gonna find yourself in a bad situation. Like I said, you know, I I I remember when I first got into the NFL, you know, and um, I like to say um, I was dumb as shit. Like I really was. All I cared about was the game of football. You know, I didn't, I didn't care about managing my life. I didn't care about any of that stuff. You know, I had the media saying this about me. I don't even know what half of this shit be coming from. I was like, you know what? I just don't even care. Just leave me alone. Let me play football. Let me mind my business. What really got me up on game was going through the bad experiences, you know, um, the bad surroundings. And, you know, even before I understood anything, it was my gut that, that told me that this ain't right. Mm -hmm. I need to figure this out. I'm going to be quiet and... I'm gonna let it play itself out, and I'm gonna figure out how to get through whatever this is that's not right for me. And um, you know, I did that. You know, and um, you know, I've, I've I've accomplished you know things that you know most guys that you know come from where I come from don't. And I just feel like there's a lot of guys in the NFL, you know, who need that guidance. And you know, I'm here to deliver that, and I'm here to give it to give it to them in a way that they understand, a way I know that they understand. Do you think it makes a difference 
But what you do, do you think it makes a change? Because like you saying, like a nigga come from the hood, he come from the hood, he gonna get bread. And then I didn't listen to nobody my first four, five years. And then I started listening to OGs later in my career. Mm -hmm. Do you really think it makes a chance, makes a difference for you to talk to these guys, to be around these guys? Because I know some of them are receptive and some of them ain't. That's facts, big facts. You know, for me, um, I believe in what I'm doing. You know, if they get it, if they don't, I'm gonna still preach the same thing because I, I've been through it, I walked it, I've talked it, I lived it. You know, I'd have made it out, you know, uh, and um, if they choose not to listen, I mean, it's all good. Like I just said, I'm, I'm gonna keep speaking. You know, I get a lot of guys who hit me up now who ask me for advice and, you know, for me, I like giving it, you know, cause I know like, that's, that's something that I know. So, you know, it just makes me happy to just give it. You get what I'm saying? Do you think the game itself, like the NFL itself, who can 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 use someone like yourself, mm -hmm. who obviously your career was cut way too short. Mm -hmm. I mean, drafted in 2010 is 2023. Mm -hmm. A guy of your talent, you know, with, with no major injury, you still should be playing ball mm -hmm. at, at a receiver position. So with well, that, well, well, I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, no problem. Um, you know, I like to believe, like I said, conspiracy. I like to believe it's some of the things I've learned. Throughout, you know, throughout my career, you know, I learned branding. You know, I learned branding way before a lot of guys, and I argue that with anybody. You know, I created, you know, throw up the X. You know, I did something special with myself. I, I, I was the first athlete to, I'm going air saying it's the first athlete to do a collaboration, you know, with a big brand like Jumpman. So, you know, when I signed with the Jumpman, we collaborate. I wasn't endorsed, you know, if that makes sense. That was two totally different things, and. That's something that I stepped into, you know, like I heard people say, um, well, you know, everybody not you, everybody. That's not the point is everybody got a fan base. Everybody got a brand and I believe in ownership and I believe in IP. And I think, you know, that's something, you know, that athletes can take with them to give to their kids. It could just all, it, it all trickles down. Obviously that's something we all can probably at some point fell short of. And a lot of guys don't put that as priority when they come to the game. Like you just said a second ago, you solely focus on football. And a lot of things you learn later. And based on the dynamics of the locker room, we don't have those OGs Channing was talking about to sort of line us up. So we have to go through trials and tribulations to get there. And hopefully a lot of us can survive that initial introduction yep. so that we can get to that point so we can sustain, mature, and kind of ascend from there. Do you think the, the the league itself is ready for that raw, uncut Des Bryant style? Because not everybody can take that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's certain ways they try and paint this picture. You know, they want that message, right. but it's the delivery. Facts. Do Facts. you think you could give back to the game in a capacity that they would want or expect you to give back I mean, to. Fred, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Um, I got to a point in my life to where, you know, um, even before I came here, I was like, man, how do I speak without sounding bitter? You mm. get what I'm saying? I think that's what a lot of people think. That's right. part of the question. Too. Right, right. And it's my truth. You get what I'm saying? And I don't want to be hated for my truth. And, you know, like I said, it's a lot of these athletes deal with these things behind closed doors. and. Why not keep it raw? At the end of the day, we want to use these athletes. You know, we want to use them for good. But at the end of the day, I believe, you know, a lot of athletes go through, you know, depression and anxiety. I was, you know, I was one of them, you know? And, you know, we, we get it. We get athletes who lead this game and, and don't know what to do, 
not gonna say any names, but commit suicide, get on drugs, they die, we don't know how it happened. You know, like, that's where a lot of my time is spent for the most part, and that's why I speak the way that I do. I think the league, you know, should, you know, should embrace that. You know, I am who I am. I, I can't change that. I really can't, and I, and I don't want to. I, I want to be accepted for, you know, for who I am. I don't, I don't think I'm a bad guy. I, I want the help. I, I want to help. You know, I, you know, it's like everybody is not the same, you know, if that makes sense. So I believe that you have valuable information to share because you've gone through adversity. Correct. Yes. Right? Because you have made certain decisions that have put you in situations you've had to learn from. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, people who are on the outside, who've never been in your place, who don't come from where you come from, who haven't had the hardships that you've had, right. they look at your discretions as a reason why you can't give information, mm -hmm. right? So you'll get the pushback of, well, Dez, you did this. Well, right. Dez, you did that. Right. Why should you be speaking? Well, I see it as Dez should be speaking because he did that, mm -hmm. because he's had to go through that. How do you deal with the people that like to bring up the mistakes you've made mm -hmm. when you do want to be a voice or be a mentor or give back to the game? Be honest, I'm not even here to, to be like, oh, they was, you know, I'm right or wrong. But, mm -hmm. you know, I will say that, you know, we all know how the media work. Mm -hmm. I'm still who I am. And, you know, some of the things that I've been through, like, a lot of these guys understand. Like, and it's like, I just, I just want to, like I said, I just, I want to be me. Like, what the media say about me, what they've always said about me, I, I've known that that's not me. The the the, the fans, the, the the people, you know, if that was the case, we would have saw burnt jerseys, you know, when I left. We would have saw all this. I ain't never saw a dead burnt jersey burnt. Just keeping it real. Yeah. My heart lies in Dallas. You know, I've, I've been in these hoods. You know, I've showed up in the hood, you know, giving toys and, you know, feeding families without really nobody noticing. You know, no cameras, no nothing. Hooping like at the 24-hour fitness. Hooping at the 24-hour fitness. I'm talking about straight off the practice field. Man, I'm hooping. I done walked out, got some water. I'm looking at myself on TV. Walk back up in there, we run it again. You get what I'm saying? So, you know, walking to Walmart, you know, I, I tell you something crazy. I'm, I'm gonna get back to what you were saying. I'll never forget uh, walking into Walmart and um, it was around Christmas time and a woman came through with um, with a hard hat on and um, one of those little costumes. Yeah, yeah, one of those vests. She was running and this was around the time I think the PlayStation 4s came out. Mm. And everybody was standing in line, and you know, I was looking at this woman. And I was like, "Man, she here for her babies," you know, because it, it, you know, it brought me back to being a jet, you know. It, and I was like, "You know what, man? Hey, the whole line, hey, bring them out, you know." Right. I got them all. You get what I'm saying? And um, that was just some, you know, some real stuff. And it's, for me, it is that stuff. You know, that's the real stuff. And you know, I ain't, I ain't want no. Camera, I ain't want nothing around that. You know, that, that's just, you know, how I move faithfully. I never move with no security, no none of that. Like, you know, I'm really true man of the people. And, you know, I just like to be me, you know, with no strings attached. And, you know, a lot of people can't deal with that. And, and Dez, to tell that story, like, I never read that. If it, if, if it was out, we'd have been and read that. No. Never read that story. And I know a lot no. of people do that. Like, Shaq came out when Shaq no. bought a Walmart up no. and all that stuff. No. What, what story on the other side? do you hate? What story on the other side that people know and attach to your name that you'd be like, that's not me? First off, I just felt like I was never given a fair chance to really, like, 
you know, show the world, you know, who I am. Even coming out of college, you know, I was this, you know, calling my mom a prostitute, you know, I'm already building a narrative. You know, I feel like every time I say something, I try to defend myself, regardless of what story it is, I was just never given a chance to, to show the world who I really was. And that's where that came from. You get the what I'm the saying? Negativity. You know, that's what, uh, you know, I'm barking back. You get what I'm saying? Like, nah, I'm get out who I am. Yeah. Hey, I ain't gonna let y'all tell me who I am. Shit, right. yeah, fuck y'all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. just you know, just being honest, and I never forget too one story. And they were telling me I was sagging in the mall. They knew I wasn't. It was one of my partners. He was with me. He was sagging in the mall, but it's just the fact that it, you know, that we was all together, so it was an affiliation thing. But it was how they wanted to paint that on me. And I was like, man, this shit here is crazy. It wasn't even all that serious. I'm talking about. You would have thought I stole some out of store or something. Yeah. I'm talking about. I walked out, you know, just hands up, man. I don't want no problem. Next thing you know, it became the biggest deal in the world. There's Brian in the mall sagging. I'm like, what? Yeah, realize too, there's the a story I read about you was from 2010. Yeah. And that was the way the Dallas media introduced you to the world. It's a picture of yourself, it's a picture of your mother mm -hmm. outside just, you know, kicking, taking a picture and it talks about how y'all have the same cheekbones, same smile, those things. And then it goes through all the negative you had been through, right? Yeah. The, the things you had to deal with with your mother, whether it be sexual orientation, going to jail, and it, it was already negative. Yep. Another story I get to when, you know, whatever went on between you and your mother and allegedly, you know, like that word you love, yeah. allegedly happened, yeah. it was literally, the, the title was, a list of Des Bryant's negative incidents since yeah. he's been a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah. And it wasn't even a story. It was 2011, such and such, he did this. 2012, such and such, he did this. I want to go back before that, because in order for them to build a narrative, there had to be a place or a genesis where they felt like they could start. Oh. Tell me a little bit about you and your mother's relationship. Because I had my first baby at 19, no. and I feel like we grew up together. No. To have a baby at 15, bro, when 13. you can barely, 13? Yeah. When you can barely yeah. take care of yourself. Huh? What was that relationship like between you two? Man, I'm gonna be honest. Um, my mom know I love her to death. You know, but the relationship was kind of weird. Since I was a child, you know, um, I feel like I never got the, you know, I I never got the mom, mom, you know, that I always wanted, you know. I, you know, no matter, like, oh, man. <sighs> I get deep. To get deep, but like I said, I never got the you know the mom mom that I always wanted. I think that's something that um that bothered me you know throughout my life a lot. But I also got it too. I also understood you know um all the things that my mom been through. So that kind of made me kind of mature early too. But um, the relationship with my mom, uh, man. All I say is this right here, you know, um, it's not what I always wanted, you know, and um, it's something that I, I would never want a kid to, to ever experience, but, you know, we can't control the cards that, you know, we was dealt. Um, that's why I really never, you know, held anything uh, against my mom. My mom damn near like my sister. <laughs> you, yeah. get, you get what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, it's, 
is 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 it, I don't know. It's just it's just it was just a weird situation, you know, because my mom been through some rough, yeah. rough stuff. You know, my mom sold drugs, my my granny sold drugs, like my uncles and all of those guys sold drugs, and it was just like, I don't know, man. It was just that that relationship was was never there. I used to beg for my mom all the time, and you know, and it was just it was never the way I always wanted. You know, every opportunity that I remember being a child. I remember my mom went to jail and we went to go see her in a in penitentiary. And um, um, I want to say they gave us about, I think it was like three to four hours. And um, when I had to leave there, man, that was one of the most craziest feelings I ever experienced, you know, in my life. And um, even as a kid, I, I knew right then and there, I was like, man, something got to be different. I don't know what the change going to be, but... I, I'm gonna put that on me to to figure something out. Like for I had this I had this this mindset at a very early age, and um, you know uh, you know I just wanted to you know do better to you know to build a better relationship with my mom. You know to to give her that life that she ain't she ain't never experienced. You know making it to the NFL. I mean, I'm gonna keep it real with you, man. And you know when you make money, I'm thinking you know. That's gonna solve all the problems. Yep. Man, that shit made all the problems worse. Yeah. <laughs> times, times 10. Times yeah. 10. Yeah. Like, you, you know, know when yeah. you run down all the people in your life that you said sold drugs, we understand that those a lot of times are decisions of circumstance. Right. Right? The the place right. of, of hopelessness you find yourself in, you feel that's the only way out, even as, if that's not true. Mm. Right? That's what we've seen people turn to, but you're talking about getting money and hoping that money solves those problems. Mm -hmm. The issue is money was always the problem, yep. Yep. right? And so now when you get it and you realize that putting money on it doesn't change it, putting money on it doesn't heal hurt, doesn't heal trauma, you're at a loss because your entire life you've developed this thought that once I make it, it fixes everybody, including right. me. So when you get to the point where you realize it's not fixing it, what did you do then? It got to a point where it was like, I had to start realizing like, you know, just the little structures that I gained and I developed over time, they never experienced nothing like that. You know, so I couldn't even fault some of my family, you know, for their actions, you know. But, you know, what I had to do was I had to kind of remove myself and kind of love them from a distance so they can kind of understand like, hey man, like, I don't know. I just, I, you know, I, I, had to, I had to remove myself. You know, I, I had to remove myself from some family members so they could, you know, get a better understanding of who I am, what I'm about, and I'm not like that anymore. Like, mm. I'm not from that. Like, I'm from that, but I have babies, you know, like yeah. I care. I'm not neglecting mine. And, you know, I'm I'm building better experiences, you know, for them. I like to think my baby's smarter than me right now. You know, just due to the things that I put them through. Just the entitlement from the family, you know. Yeah, it's is I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't deal with it anymore. Like I said, it was causing problems. I feel like that's where a lot of my problems, you know, came from is was trying to, you know be a part of my family, help my family, and put them in a better position. You don't ever want to feel like you're turning your back on your people. Facts. And that's people that, you know, come up with certain circumstances, certain demographics, 
naturally. That's just that's just a natural uh, reaction, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a big problem within with sports, all professional sports, is that when you involve the media, you know, they don't they don't give the media a pamphlet to say, look, this is the background on Des Bryant, Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, Fred Taylor. They don't say um, these I, I, are. I think I think well, the wait. narrative is. I, I really think that the narrative is purposely purposely built to, to destroy. No, but I'm I'm trying okay. to go somewhere else. Okay. Because I want to talk about, you know, uh, the trauma, you know, upbringing, mm -hmm. all those different things that aren't always seen in the forefront. Because people see the success or the ability or talent that you are and what you can do on the field. Not until shit hits the fan, they see everything that was buried, right? Yeah. And, and whatever those experiences are. You were raised by a kid. Right. 13, your mother was a child. Yep. My I mom had me at 17. You just said your mom is like your sister. My mom never felt like, my mom is my mom, don't get me wrong, but she never felt like a mom. My grandmother was that role. She, <laughs> she endured that role. So my, my mom and I, we developed sort of a brother sister relationship right. and we super tight now and you know for for NFL businesses whether it's basketball they don't give that information to to the media the media all they want you to do is perform mm -hmm. you know while you're out there they don't care about everything else that's going on in your life unless you get into some shit mm -hmm. whatever those red flags are they're gonna write away and that's the story they're not going to say, well, Des Bryant come from this, and maybe this is part of the reason he's been this way. They're not psychologists right. or psychiatrists. They don't right. want to do that deep dive. Whatever it was you were experiencing, whether it lashing out at the media, you know, some locker room moments, this and that, everybody has an opportunity to, to mature and grow. Right. And once you get in that spot or in that position, though, you have to be accountable, but it's and hard also to, make but it's, sure but it's hard that to you mature. understand the position you're in. Fact, it's hard to mature and grow when you're not given the opportunity. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You get what I'm saying? And that's what I was You always, have to give yourself the opportunity. That's facts. But I, was, I know for me, that's all, that's all, I always was looking for that. You know, and I just kind of felt like, you know, I was never blessed with that opportunity. I'm just being honest. Like I was doing a lot of things on my own. I was building a lot of things on my own. That's pressure. And, but 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 the thing about it was like I was doing it. I was doing it right. Like 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 that's what I mean. Like like, and what I mean by like the opportunity for help is like if if I express that this is going on and this is going on and I'm not getting the proper help, that's you know I'm not I'm not getting the opportunity to to better myself. Were you expressing that within the organization? Oh, absolutely. What do you consider proper help though? I mean, if I'm being honest with you, Fred. And I'm telling you, hey man, I'm dealing with this, and but you already got it made up in your mind. Is this because you took somebody else well for it? That's not giving an opportunity. So when you go to the organization, when you go to the Dallas Cowboys, and you say these are the things that I'm dealing with, 
what is their response to you? I'm gonna be honest with you. It, like, like I said, it's all love, you know, for Jerry, Steven, you know, those guys. Like I said, I, you know, like I said, as I was driving here, trying my best not to come off bitter. You know, I had people going to my mailbox, you know, stealing my mail. You get what I'm saying? That was with Jerry. You get what I'm saying? That's supposed to been helping me. You get what I'm saying? Like building up these stories. What the fuck is this Walmart tape? Mm. You get what I'm saying? Where is it at? I remember getting drafted, Jerry telling me, hey, you do everything right, we're gonna sit back at the table, renegotiate your contract. I never got that opportunity because I felt like it was a case built against me. That's, that's how I was honestly feeling. Like in this little rule book thing, talking about the strip club. And I hate the strip club, I'm gonna be honest. Ask any stripper in Dallas, there's Brian, ain't never spent it. I'm not saying I never been, but what I'm saying is it wasn't a faithful thing. That wasn't my style. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not here to call anybody out because I ain't putting no names out, but it was guys up in there faithfully. Mm -hmm. The most the stripper ever got from me was a chicken wing and a nice conversation. There's, no. it's, but I want to talk about these rules. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, and when I see the world seeing this, like, that's what I mean. Like, hey, man, I'm trying to tell you who I am, but you don't want to hear me. It's already made up. So it kind of made me feel like, hey, nobody, you know, hey, y'all already got y'all mind made up. So, all right, fuck it. I'm going to show you ain't this. I'm going to show you ain't that. I'm going to do, do things my way. You know, and, and that's kind of what I did. Like, think about it. Every time I was on the sideline, I kind of felt like people, like, like, wanted to be like, oh, look at him, look at him, look at him. Now he talking bad to his teammates, this and this and this. I'll never forget the Detroit Lions game when Calvin went crazy. Let me even rewind just a tad bit. The week of, the, uh, of that game. Now, I'll never forget, um, I ain't going to say his name neither, but it was a PR guy. He was like, Hey, Dez, you need to talk to the media. This Marshawn before Marshawn. Nah, I don't want to talk to the media. Every time I speak, y'all spin, spin my narrative. Y'all create this narrative, and, and, I, and I don't like that. You know, like, well, you're going to get fined. You're going to keep getting fined. You're going to keep getting... I was already getting fined before that for not talking to the media. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I'm, I'm going to talk. It was uh, some radio station in, in Detroit. And um, I'll never forget, make a long story short, he was like, do you think you're better than Calvin Johnson? I was like, nah, I think he the best at what he do. And I think I'm the best at what I do. You know, I said, I grew up watching Calvin Johnson highlights. One of my favorite receivers in the world. Man, so the dude gonna say, so you better than him. I said, I didn't say that. I said, he the best at what he do, and I'm the best at what I do. I don't know how that's saying it. And I'm better than him. I'm talking about, they made this big old story. They made this huge story. And I'm talking about it got underneath my skin, RC. I'm talking about I was hot. When I tell y'all I was hot, because like I love, I love Calvin. And I don't, I don't, and I, first off, I don't want Calvin thinking that you disrespecting him. I'm disrespecting mm -hmm. him. Nate B fell for the trap. I'm like, damn, I, I respect you too, Nate. Like, <laughs> like, like, this is not what this is supposed to be. Right. We get into the game, and I'll never forget, um, I'm one-on-one -on -one a lot. You know, and I, I had my moments where I was one-on-one -on -one a lot. And me and Tony, I'm talking about, we, that back shoulder fade, unstoppable. Yes, it and was. I, and, 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 I, and, I, and I mean that with a passion. Yes, the way was. we practiced, the way we worked on that, we, had, we wanted it to be perfection. And we wasn't, I felt like we wasn't doing it enough. And I would tell Tony, like, hey, Tony, we, hey, we're the best at this. They, they, they can't stop us. I'm telling you, put it down, I'm getting it. I got to say that. <laughs> you, know, you know, all of the media, they came, they surrounded me. 
And all they wanted to talk about was me on the sideline. Yeah. And then it got to a point to where I was like, I know there's mics everywhere around this field. Let's listen to the audio. If I'm saying anything, I'm talking about all of the media destroying me, y'all. They are destroying me. So let's just go listen to the audio. Listen to it. Shit, the audio come out. You had some reporters, I can't think of the name, apologize, and the whole narrative changed. And I was like, man, I, it, was a, it was from the grace of God. I was like, yeah. just because everything was already falling negative on me. Like I said, anything I say, it was being used against me. Like, people don't even understand. I'm out here on the field, I'm throwing up the X, but behind closed doors, I'm not even feeling good. Wow. Like, I'm not even me. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sheltering myself into my house. Don't want to come outside, don't want to do nothing. I just want to go to practice, just, just leave me alone. And I just want to talk to my team. That's that pressure I'm talking about. Fans, they don't, people don't they see don't it care. all the time. But, bro, what, what's the narrative that you, that you hate the most about that? Like, even with that, with that game or whatever, like, what have you been painted as that still gets you? Bro, we, you old as fuck, nigga. You've been retired for what? <laughs> 10 years, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, goddamn, you still holding on that, but what really gets to you right <laughs> Chad, now? Chad, he played in 2020. Four years, five years, <laughs> we've been trying to tell you, so five years. Does that shit still get to you? Right now, at this moment, what gets to me is not having the opportunity to, to really be involved with the athletes the way I want to be. I'm talking about, like, far as the NFL, the NFL, PA, I want that opportunity. You know, it's a lot of things I learned along the way that I, you know, what we talked about earlier that I would like to, you know, to help the athletes with. You know, really far on, you know, on the business side, you know, far as branding and, you know, things like that. You know, every day we're going to find a superstar, right? And, and it's like, I want to be right there, you know, to help with those things. You know, like, we get fourth rounders, fifth rounders, sixth rounders end up being Hall of Famers, right? Yep. Like, for example, Brock Purdy. Like, I would have loved to, you know, been a part of his brand or, or, or just gave him, you know, any type of light on, you know, how he could have capitalized on his moment. Like, I feel like nobody did that better than me. And, you know, I just see the NFL, you know, collabing with all these people who don't really understand the athlete, you know, and, you know, I think that's what bothers me the most right now. I have two questions I want to ask you, because yeah. these are moments that stick out. No. To me, about you. Can you take me back to draft day? Oh, yeah. When the Dallas Cowboys moved back up yeah. into the first round. Um, what was it, uh, 24? The 24th overall 24th. pick? It was the 24th. You get to get to the 24th overall pick. Demarius Thomas yeah. is already off of the board. God rest in his soul. Is already off of the board, and that phone rings, and it's the Dallas Cowboys. Take me back to that moment, because for you, Coming up the way you yeah. came up, dealing with some of the things you had to go through to get there, and being suspended in your last year, yeah, right? Because yeah. you go way before that, if yeah. not, right? When you get that call, man, I just remember your face. I remember you fighting back tears. I remember the hug. Just yeah. take us back to when you got that opportunity. Man, I'm going to be honest with you, dog. Um, first off, let's start off with um, Josh McDaniels. Mm -hmm. Josh McDaniels. Um, he was, I want to say, he was the coach of uh, the Broncos around yep. that time. And I remember visiting the Broncos, and he told me that they were going to draft me. <laughs> 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 told me this, right? I'm talking about, I just knew I was going to be a Denver Bronco. You know, he didn't draft me. They draft Demarius. They draft Demarius. Mm -hmm. I remember texting his ass. I was like, <laughs> I promise you I'm going to make sure this is the worst thing you ever did in your career. 
<laughs> passing up on me. Like, well, he coached the Raiders, too, so no, it wasn't the worst. <laughs> <laughs> he made a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. But that moment, I, I remember um, going to visit the Cowboys, and uh, i never forget, you know, <laughs> Jerry, go, Jerry, Jerry was like, hey, let me see your hands real quick. <laughs> Jerry put his hand up against mine, and I put mine up against his. He was like, damn. <laughs> Some big old hands, and you know, um, he was like, I used to do that. I used to do that at a nightclub <laughs> with the girls. <laughs> Crazy, but there's difference. <laughs> Never mind, I'm my bad. You people. Nah, just, <laughs> nah, nah, he was like, I'm gonna draft you. He said, I, I, I get the opportunity to get you. I'm gonna get you. He said, I'm serious. I said, I get it. I'm gonna get you. That's how he was doing. I like said, Ah, oh, that's cool. I said, If I get drafted by the Cowboys. You know, forget everything else. I just know I'm not going to the Cowboys. No. No, like, I know it's impossible. You know, like, I'm from Texas, and, you know, being in Texas, oh, it's finna go crazy. <laughs> yeah, so, man, me getting that call, man, um, I ain't gonna lie to you. I see my heart drop. And I'm mad at Belichick, too. <laughs> um, I'm mad at Belichick, and I'm mad at, well, I want to be mad, mad at Brady, but not I can't. Mad, I, mad. Yeah, yeah, I'm not mad. You know mad. How, now we talking about? The people. Oh, I love. Media. Hold on, time me, but I love Belichick. I, <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I love him. By the way, I'm just saying. In it, know, you know, yeah, for that moment. I know. Yeah, yeah, for that yep. moment. I know. Oh, and the Ravens. The Ravens said that they <laughs> was gonna draft me too. You know, but I felt like the Ravens was gonna draft me. What they did was um, the Cowboys and the um, the the Cowboys and the Ra no the Cowboys and the Patriots swapped. They swapped picks, and um, that's how you know the Cowboys draft me. Yeah, and then I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is crazy. Like, bro, I was like, this is unreal. I was like, I can't believe it. So I want to fast forward a little bit. This is a moment that I know a ton about because it was my former team, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. um, your father passes. You find out when you get to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, Take me through first, you know, the moment you and Dak shared. Dak had, you know, who had lost his mom, uh -huh. and then relating to you and losing your father, knowing you had to go play a game the next day. My daddy, he was already like, I want to say it was like a year or two. Like he was going through mm -hmm. complications that he was going through, and that was affecting me. I'm talking about bad, and I was just trying to, you know, keep my cool or whatever. I was like, man, I'm, I'm about to lose my daddy. And I was like, you know, trying to keep myself cool. I remember I had a um, a Jumpman um, photo shoot and I'm getting these phone calls and it was like, man, I, ain't, I can't go to this shoot. Like, my daddy is um, like, man, I don't, I don't know, like, I'm about to lose my mind. And, um, you know, the guys, the reps over there, you know, they, they getting upset with me. I'm being transparent with them. I was like, man, fuck y'all. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> we talking about my daddy. It would always weigh on me, because I was like, man, ain't no telling, you know, when my daddy about to go. But, you know, when you get that feeling, you getting that feeling. And I guess what, it, you know, what even bothered me, I'll never forget, like, when I got drafted and I, and I felt like I had myself together, i never forget, you know, going to see my daddy, you know, back in my hometown. I was like, hey, everything good. You know, um, now the Cowboys did help me with this. They was willing to help me with this. I was like, hey, I was telling my daddy, I was like, hey, they gonna help. You know, we gonna find the best doctors out here and um, and um, you good. You know, man, but daddy broke my heart. He turned me down. Wow. He turned me down. And that was just because of things that we've been through, you know, as a kid and I understood why he did that. Um, 
She was like, nah, son. I just would ask you to do one thing, take care of your brothers. Wow. That's all he asked me. I was like, yeah, you just gonna turn me down like that? Like, I'm talking about broke out in tears. Like, I'm like, that's what we did. This is what I did it for. I was still paying for, you know, like, all this medicine that he need, you know, and all that stuff. But, you he know. Reje he rejected the help? Yeah, he rejected it. He rejected it. I kind of feel like it was, it was a situation, man, Y'all gonna make me get too real. <laughs> like, do, do you think he felt like he too... didn't? Do you think he felt like he didn't deserve it? Uh, I don't. I don't know. You know, my daddy was one of the best things. I think he's the strongest man that ever walked this earth. And I mean that with a passion. I think he felt like he let us down, mm -hmm. and I never felt that way. Yeah. You know, like I really understood. You know, his situations. I'm telling you, when I was very, very young, I was like. My daddy doing the best that he can. You know, it's him by himself and it's <laughs> six of us in the house. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Your mama in jail, you know, and the other kids, mama out doing what they doing. You get what I'm saying? And it's just him. You know, nah, I ain't going to say this. It's real crazy, but I will say this right here. I, I say this, um, I'll never forget, because um, I don't want to speak on her. You know, I feel like she don't deserve that. She don't deserve to be spoke on, you know, and, um, you ain't worth it. You know what you did, you know, and um, we're gonna leave you where you at, you know, and um, you know how you treated us, you know how you treated his kids. I, she she gonna she gonna know when I say that, she know who I'm I'm, I'm talking about, but just the way we was treated, you know, as youngins. Me and my brothers and sisters, it wasn't right. And um I remember my sister getting kicked out of the house when she was 16, she had a baby, um, just on on and um never got the opportunity to graduate. You know, same thing happened to my brother. My brother was a great athlete. Never got the opportunity to, to graduate. You know, it was like a, it was a, it was a, it was a cycle. It was a cycle. I'm up next. You get what I'm saying? Like I never forget it. I went, I went, I went weeks without eating in the house. <laughs> like, Damn. Weeks because um, I, I just knew, you know, it wasn't right. You know, it was, you know. Mm. I know I'm giving bits and pieces, but it's for a reason. And I and I never forget, like I just felt like, you know, it wasn't loved and I already saw it coming, you know, if that makes sense. I knew I was up next. I'm talking about this is my senior year in high school. I'm I'm going crazy, y'all. See, we just got done playing Longview, Longview, Texas. You know, shout out to East Texas, Longview, Texas on TV. And um, I never was the party type, you know, not the drug type. You know, um, I went to a church lock-in. Um, you know, after this game, and um, I remember asking my daddy before the game, I was like, hey, after the game, can I go to this church lock-in? It was like, cool, fine, or whatever. And by the way, they weren't showing up to none of my games. My daddy, you know, my stepmom, my mom. Like, my mom, she can't a few, but it wasn't even coming to my games, you know? It was, it, I got used to it. How badly did you want them to come oh, to your games? Oh, though? bad, bad. It was, it was extremely bad. Did you tell them? Did you? Did oh, you? absolutely, absolutely. It was always, you know, some type of excuse. But I got to tell you about this story, RC. Like, I got, you know, I remember um, after the game, I go ham. I'm two touchdowns. We done went off on Longview on national TV. And um, I remember going to a church like in Athens. When I came back home, my daddy, his, 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 his wife, like I said, I don't want to mention her name. She said, I got to leave. No reason. Still to this day, 
I don't, I don't know the reason. I got to leave. I got to get out. And I'll never forget, I was telling my daddy, I was like, I was like, man, my daddy paid for everything in here. Like, daddy, you gonna, you gonna let her, you gonna let her talk, you gonna let her talk to me, you gonna let her talk to me like this? And I started bringing back up my brother and my sister. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Don't even worry about it, I'm out, just like that. And you know, my girlfriend at the time, like, they let me, you know, her, her aunt let me, you know, stay with them and I got to finish school, you know, over there, you know, so it was that cycle. You know, if I can't go to school, if I can't do this, or I ain't gonna graduate, you know, or, or you know, some things like that, I'm not gonna be able to go to college or whatever. And I felt like that's that's what was she wanted to play out for me. And um just being honest with you, man, it was a lot of it was a lot of hate for for unnecessary reasons and So how did you not end up like your sister or not end up different. like your brother? What was it? about you, how did you deal with her differently, your father differently, or whatever it was that allowed you to get to the point that you wanted to get to, which was the NFL? I see, I'm gonna be real with you, dog. I just felt like, I don't know, as the man, as the man upstairs, like, I felt different, you know, I moved different. You know, I'm, I've always been curious. I, I want better, I always wanted better. I was sitting on the pavement with my brother. I was like, man, this is, we poor shit. I'm like, something gonna change one of these days. I don't care. Five, 10, 15, 20 years from now, I'm telling you something gonna change. I'm gonna drive in this little, this quarter set with the, with the nicest car ever. I did that too, though. I really did that. Like, that's no bullshit. Like I said, it was a lot of jelly. Man, oh man, y'all. Like when you go through, when you go through all of that and you have that feeling towards your father's wife, Mm -hmm. but you think that your dad is the strongest man in the world yeah. and you lose him. Yeah. And on the back of losing him, you go for about 120, 50-yard touchdown against my team, but it's okay. <laughs> what was it like to be able to honor your father? After the game, you said it was special. Mm -hmm. Like we all, at least myself, when everything was going crazy in life or when things weren't going right, that was always pure to me, mm -hmm. the football field. So to get an opportunity to go represent your father on the football field the day after he died, what did it feel like to play that way? I'm being honest with y'all, if I didn't play that game, I was gonna go do something stupid. I know that for a fact. Everything that I had been through, dealing with, you know, my mom and wife and some of the things I heard her t tell my daddy, you know, that never left my soul, never left my mind. And I'm, I'm gonna play this game. I know this what my daddy would, what it wanted me to do, and I'm just gonna dedicate this game, you know, to him. Like I said, you know, like sometimes, you know, bro, like I think about my daddy all the time, you know, like, like I say, he, he the realist. I, be honest, I feel wild word. <laughs> you know, my daddy, you know, wore Jerry, and it was just like, you know, I'm not missing, and um. The day you turned into the Patriot when your father died. And now you got money, you talking about what you did. Now you have to, to tote that crown. You yeah. have to grab that, you know what I'm saying? Facts. Grab that baton. Did you know it? And how did you deal with that when you became the patriarch of the family? I was already toting it. My family dysfunctional as fuck. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, it was really more so like, I'm going to make sure mine's straight. You know, they can't witness none of this. They, they, they different. They ain't never gonna experience anything 
daddy ever had to experience. You get what I'm saying? And shoot, like, man. How do you commit to breaking the cycle, uh, the, that cycle to ensure, you know, your kids don't have to follow in those same footsteps? Like, what, what, what are the steps? What do you do? Let me read something to you real quick. It mean a lot to me. Okay. Man, I ain't trying to cry, but let me read something. It's been on my phone for about, since I met y'all, it's probably been like six years, you know? Just say, uh, break, break generational curses. Quit yelling at your kids before they go to bed and inspect them to sleep well. Quit yelling at your kids in the morning right after they wake up for school inspecting and have a good day. You set the tone for your children. You set the tone for... You set the tone for your voice. They will always remember in their heads. You become the inner voice. Don't be the inner critic. Speak life, speak love, speak bravery, kindness and hope. Speak wisdom and truth. Most of all, listen to your children. I never had none of that. I get that to mine. And that's my number one priority. That's how I follow that. That's how I break it. And, um... You know, so, and I do it, I live it. I live it, you know, that narrative shit. That's what they never wanted to pick up. Give me up. a second, bro. Bro. Are you for Damn, dog. You know, it's like, I'm gonna do it all in fashion, style. You know what I'm saying? Confidence. You know, and that's what I'm offering. You know, I feel like that's what was misunderstood. You know, so. I mean, we all have kids, man, and like, I couldn't imagine my children having to tell this story. Just knowing how much I love them, knowing how much they mean to me. You know, when it started and you were talking about what you had to offer the NFL, I think this is what they needed to see more so than reading your tweets in defense of athletes. Right. There's a real pain, there's a, there's a real hurt, but there's also a real perseverance. And when you brought up how you want it to be and what you have been to your kids, it made me think about your touchdown at the Ravens. When you said your daughter encouraged you yeah. to play. And you couldn't wait to FaceTime or you wanted to, you dedicated that game ball to her. How does that moment bring you full circle from everything you dealt with as a child to being the sort of father who listens, like you said, who listens to his children and you're able to share that moment with him? I mean, oh, that moment was, uh, <laughs> that moment was extremely special. I, I can tell you exactly, um, you know, what was going down. I was just chilling one day and um, my daughter was like, um, I, I, was, I was working now. I would work out from here and there. And my daughter was like, Daddy, I want to see you on TV again. I want you to see you play football. She don't really understand that at the time. I want to see you again. My, my boy, Junior, and he was like, Daddy, I want to see you too. But it was really my baby girl. I said, you know what, all right, bet. I'm going to get busy. We're going gonna to see what I can do, <laughs> you know? so. I got the training. I'm talking about I got the working out. Um, it, it, it turned into a therapy session for me. Like, you know, whenever, you know, when I'm in between them lines, I'm a totally different guy. 
you know. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Um, you know, I was just, I was just grind. I just, I, I just grind. You know, you know, you know, faithfully. And um, I was calling my agent. I was like, hey, um, I want to get back out there. And um, Eric DaCosta, um, I'll give a huge shout out to you, Coach Harbaugh. Give a huge shout out to you guys. Um, I remember when I first went out there to see if I can give it a go. Um, told me I need to get back. I need to get in shape just a tad bit more. I was like, we see that you still got the ability. I'm like, all right, cool, bet. That's all I need to hear. If you don't give me another shot, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna work my ass off. When did that again, and um, i never forget that. They gave me that, that second opportunity to come out there and train and work out. <laughs> they told me they was gonna, you know, sign me, sign me to the practice squad. I remember crying, and um, I remember um, telling my daughter, like, hey, <laughs> you better watch your daddy. <laughs> Like, and um, I see the best feelings. And then just getting the opportunity to get in the game. I wasn't really expecting that. I was just like, you know, I just wanted to be there in the locker room and support. Yeah. Like, I wasn't trying to take anybody's spot. It was really, you could ask any of them guys. I, I just wanted to be there and get a game. I just wanted to get a game and show guys how to be professionals or whatever the case might be. You know, I just went to work every day. I just, I just practiced, I showed love, and I'll never forget, you know. Coach Harbaugh, we're going to bring you up. But what was it like going from a number one receiver on America's team to going to that guy? Oh, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I ain't have no hate. I ain't have none of that in my heart. And that was another reason why I went to, you know, why I wanted to play football again. It was because I just wanted to just be in the locker room, you know, with the guys and just help any type of way that I can. And I kind of felt like I did. I'll never forget um, Marquise Brown. He said, as long as I've been in the NFL, um, this short period of time you've been here, it was something along those lines. This is the most I learned, you know? So when he told me that and, you know, he gave me credit for that, that made me feel so good because that was my real reason of, of, of wanting to be there. Like, and when I got there, like, I just wanted to show guys how to be a vet, how to practice, because I, I practice hard. Like, hey, when it's a rep, we for to take advantage of this rep, right. you know? And I, and I saw guys, you know, that was... Shit, that was following that plan, you know, and that's all I cared about. You know, I, I left a mark. That's what it was, you know, so I appreciate them guys for giving me that opportunity. Do our partners at DraftKings have a deal for you? Any new customer signing up with the promo code DEFENSE, you place a $5 bet and you instantly get $200 in bonus bets. What are you gonna spend those $200 on? You're gonna just combine bets, whether it's overs, unders, wins, losses, in the same game parlay. And y'all know how much Channing loves those. Make multiple bets and only extend your money. If sports betting is not in your area, you can sign up for DraftKings Daily Fantasy. There's still a way for you to get involved. Now remember, get out your mobile devices, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up with promo code DEFENSE, make a $5 bet, you instantly get $200 in bonus bets. You said you left Mark. Yeah. You're, you're going to forever be a Dallas Cowboy. Oh, facts. You're, you're, you're one of the founders of the 88 Club. And who we have, C, uh, CD, he went in just broke all the records went this dumb, year. Dumb, dumb. Right. A lot, of great, a lot of great players, though. 
that that have worn that 88. How how was your heart here in Dallas? Man, first and foremost, whenever City got drafted, you know, I reached out to City and I was like, you know, anything you need, you know, I got you. You know, I understand this a lot more than I understand the game. I understand the branding. And that's kind of where I wanted to, to go with it when it came to CD. I was like, man, I want you to take advantage of all these moments. It's best to get it now while you're young. You get what I'm saying? Let's not wait. This is this is a this is a moment, you know, 88 club. And um we finally done bought into it. And, you know, I embrace that, you know, faithfully. Um, the, the support, the love that I have for Irv, Drew, Pearson, especially him. I think City gonna go down as the best one, if you if you ask me. The game has changed. He'll get more opportunities. CD sweeter than him. He he wants They're two start different some guys. Shit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is CD sweeter than you? Hey, hey, we, we all we all different. We I'm all just saying, different. like, yeah, like the, the I'm, I'm, broke I'm, record, bro. Is CD sweeter than you? I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I think it's, you know, I think it's different. You know, I think. Pearson different than Drew. I think I'm different than Irvin. I think I'm different than, than City. I just think that the game has evolved. Like, Coach Garrett, let me tell you something, man. Don't even get me started. But I'll say his name. Yeah. Get me started, you know? <laughs> like, he feel like he never had my back. I feel like he never supported me. I feel like I was only in Dallas because of Jerry. You know, i never forget going into the office, trying to express to him who I was. He never gave me an opportunity to, to be myself. He one of those guys, and yeah, I said it. Mr. Clapper, you know, but um... <laughs> so this is my, this is the question. I've been the, the the interview's been so good, and you've been burying your soul. So I was like, I don't want to. How much different is your life and career if they don't overturn Dez Caught it? That year, I was against all odds. That people talk about that catch. It wasn't even about the catch. It's about what I was defeating before the catch. Um, I was in my contract year, and um. I never forget, you know, um, oh, I fired everybody. This is when I'm coming into myself. I fired everybody, my agent, marketing. I'm talking about, Shane, I got these boys the fuck, I almost said something. Got them the fuck up out of I got them the fuck up out of because they, they meant me no good. You know, I felt like they was all in cahoots trying to, you know, keep me down. But that's a whole nother story, too. We can have a part two about all this shit. But <laughs> Jerry, he invited me to, um, Oh, he wanted to meet with me. We went met at the stadium. And um, we were talking about the contract. You know, he tried to get me to sign a contract. I ain't like, I thought it was some bullshit. And I was like, I ain't this dumb. 10 years for $100 million, $20 million guarantee? I'm not that dumb. <laughs> First off, I know I, I just played five years, so I know I'm not going to play another 10. I'm not expecting to play another 10. So it's like <laughs> $20 million guaranteed. I'm seeing what's going on. So it's like, nah. Nah, I'm scoring at will. So it's like, <laughs> nobody getting in the end zone the way I'm getting in the end zone. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, I, I ain't taking that shit. They gonna so, cut your ass in year two. Oh, so, uh, so look, check this out. <laughs> check this out. So, you know, we, we going through it. We going through the motion or whatever. You know, I'm listening to him, you know, and um, I, I kind of interrupt him a little bit. I, I stood up and I was like, hey, Mr. Jones, you see that field down there? I say, you, you, you think you can, I say, you think you can cover me? He said, nah, you're, you're destroy me. And I said, what you, I said, so what makes you think that I can sit here and negotiate a contract with you? Just like that. And then right after that, he got to talking about, 
you know, trades and things like that. I remember walking out there, motherfucker said, ah, I'll take my chance. Trade me. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. Trade me. I just kept redhead job. I kept Romo job. I, that's how I'm feeling. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, real talk. Like, I was feeling that way. And a wedding job, I kept that job. I, I, I saved y'all face. Y'all could have started putting respect on my name. Like, that's kind of how I felt. Even doing all of that, I was like, man, what the hell I'm about to do? I ain't got no agent. I ain't got nothing. I know y'all, while working out at Valley Ranch, working out, I get a call. Ho want to meet me. The Rock Nation, Ho want to meet me. Ho fly me to New York. You know, the, the next day I'm on a call, next day I'm in New York. And I'll never forget, uh, we at the Barclays Center. He getting ready for his show. And I didn't even know he had a show. But then people was like, I'm like, damn, I, I'm finna meet. All these people out here, Jay got a show, and I'm finna get ready to meet Jay. So I'm walking in there, you know. I, I, honestly, I ain't lying to y'all, dog. Like, the door open. I see Beyonce over there. <laughs> I see Kelly rolling over there. <laughs> Blue over there in the corner. She got a big guy over there around him. Emory over there, he just got a jail. <laughs> Jay over here sitting at the table, you got OG1 over here. And I'm like, oh, man, boss is up in this motherfucker. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about one of my partners gonna tell me, man, my knees down there buckled. <laughs> 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 I'm like, look, I'm over here talking, hey, bro, chill, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, like, I ain't gonna lie, but by the time I got to that, to that, um, to my seat, all that old Star Trek shit went out the window. You know, and I just kept it real with him. I was like, man, I don't really know much. Um, I want to be able to take care of my family. Um, I need help, you know, and um, one thing I can say about Hove, uh, you know, he put the right people around me, and that's why I always got love for him. That's why I always, you know, show love, you know, for Rock and, and all that stuff, because I've been around these other agencies. Yeah, a lot of them cool and whatever the case might be, but I know what they've done for me. You get what I'm saying? And um, Hove, to me, he a stand-up guy. You know, he ain't have to do none of that. I end up going with Rock. Well, I signed with Rock, but my contract didn't come until after the season. So let me, let me get back to that part. So let me go back to all of the bullshit that I went through in 2014 that I feel like that was way much bigger than the catch, what people don't really know about. Like, I never forget the London game. We go to London. I don't know if y'all remember that. I never said this to nobody, but I'm not making this up. This is the truth. I got drunk every single night I was there. Why? Because I was depressed, you know, and I was like, I was like, I, I can't win, you know, all this bad stuff. Somebody said I locked my, my kid in the car. I'm like, what? When the fuck did I do that? When did I lock my kid in the car? I'm gonna tell you what's even more crazy, right? So y'all know this. When it's time to go, it's two buses, right? It's two buses. They knock on the door. Hey, boom, 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 boom. Like, you getting on the first bus or you getting on the second bus? You know, you got people that go around to check. These motherfuckers left me. At the hotel? Dez, it's actually your job to oh, no, 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 hear me out. But no, we had people, you know, that would knock on the door. And guess what? And you know, when you, when you get on the bus, we checking, you know, we checking it off. So if somebody ain't here, we gonna make a call. Right. So, all right, so <laughs> I'm looking at my schedule. I feel like I'm over-prepared, like I'm, I'm ready to go. 
Man, tell me why they, they left me. Ain't nobody hit me up or nothing. <laughs> like, real talk. <laughs> hear, hear, hear me out, hear me out, just hear me out. <laughs> You're the only motherfucker at the hotel. Still. The only motherfucker. Hey, one of the best. Hey, one of the, one of the best players on the team. That's the at crazy the hotel. part. That's the crazy part, though, cause you got dudes. I'm sure you ride on the same bus every away game, from the hotel to the Facts. well. It's bus one or two Facts. in the same area. Your boys gonna hold your seat down. What it was? Why they didn't hit you? Man, it wasn't them. I ain't blaming it on them. I'm blaming it on the organization. I'm gonna call you. It was contract. I'm gonna call RC. It's conspiracy. I'm gonna tell the old boy. I'm gonna say, Skip, the security. We can't leave yet. RC ain't on the bus. Chan ain't on the bus. He sit right here every week. Facts. I know you want to throw your dogs, but they gotta hit you, Dad. They gotta hit you. I got a story about all that. We ain't gotta get into it. But I don't. But but didn't have no bad product. Did you get a taxi to the game? Nah, nah, I'm on the bus where it's just, you know, I want to say the people, I don't know all the rich people. Like the sponsors. Yeah, the fans. sponsors, nah, yeah. them people. I'm on the bus with them. I'm looking at an NFL network. There's Brian, he left his, uh, he locked his son in the car. I'm like, this is going on. Real time. But real time before the game. And I'm not understanding, you know, what is happening, but this is during my contract year. So now I get to the stadium. I bullshit y'all not. Man, I see all them cameras outside. <laughs> My heart dropped. I said, oh, shit. <laughs> I said, oh, shit. Real talk. Bro, they ain't give a damn. Clarence over there smoking a cigarette. Like, I'm like, damn, y'all ain't for to report me? <laughs> y'all ain't for to report none of this? So I walk up in there. I'm hot, though. I'm, when I tell you I'm hot, I went the fuck off. I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm yelling at Coach Garrett. I'm uh, yelling at Jim. I'm getting my ankle taped. Jerry come over there. He put his hand on me. I knock his hand out for me. Like, man, y'all left me. Like, man, what's going on? Like, it's some, some bullshit. Rock, they calling me, telling me to calm down. The word and got back somehow, some way. I'm like, man, hell nah. So, and then I'm, I'm going this, I'm, I'm mad because what I just saw on TV and it's right before a game. Man, I bullshit you not, man. We don't, we don't, we don't. We about to get ready to lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They really sorry at this time. You know, this is this is a, you know, we they always to, been sorry. We supposed to wipe them out, right? So we damn near we finna lose to them. I don't touch the ball in the first quarter. I knew JG had something against me. I don't touch the ball in the first quarter. I'm hot, right? I'm I'm hot. This this when I start, you know, I'm really barking back at the organization and and everybody. All right, second quarter. I know you motherfuckers got to throw me in this ball. They, they running me on these bullshit-ass routes, right? So I run a drag across the field. I'm running across the field doing Romo like this. <laughs> Give me the ball. I'm finna take this motherfucking scope. He threw me the ball. I run behind the line of scrimmage. Get that bitch, turn it up. House call. Hit him with the uh, 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 uh. Not to the fans, just to the organization. Gonna pay me my money. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> So look, check this out. <laughs> this all happening in the second quarter. So, shit, we get the ball again. Romo called a play. I supposed to have a stop route. I said, hey, if he press, I'm going vertical. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. I'm not running no stop route. Romo trying to tell me run a stop route. I ain't running. I'm telling you, I'm not running this stop route. If he if he press me, guess what he do? Mr. Badass wanted to press me. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I. Grabbed him by the arm, yanked him down, 
Romo done threw it to me. I'm talking about him running back in the end zone, got him stiff arming him like this right here. Guess what I do? Flick the ball back. Mm, mm, mm. Everybody, the organization, JG, they all knew who that was for. They knew who that shit was for. I ain't see that ball no more after that. <laughs> I ain't see that ball. <laughs> I ain't see that ball no more after that. Well, how the hell you get to the catch then? I mean, all right, so so check this out. Like, it was just, it got to a point to where it was like all this negative shit was coming out about me, honestly. Like, it was nonstop, weekly, nonstop. And I really had to just like turn it off. I had to go numb. It was like, man, I ain't dealing with this shit, man. I'ma do things my way. Like. I feel like, you know, I want to destroy me because I ain't following rules that don't fit who I am. And to me, I just feel like all of the things that I overcame and I don't know, that to me, that I've been, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like to me that was, that was overcoming them odds and getting through that season, performing the way that I performed you know, outweighed, weighed that catch. Like, I feel like, even though I feel like it was a catch, like, <laughs> obviously, I just feel like what I've been through, what I went through that entire season, it's more than what I'm saying. I feel like that outweighed that. So I, so I have a question. With all of those feelings, you know, you have intimated or hinted towards feeling that players around the, the locker room and people within the building were a reason why you were eventually released. Do you still feel that way? Oh, absolutely. Some players. So, oh man, the year I got released, 17, right? 17. It was the year, it was 18, but 17 got, was the last season. My last season, right. Oh man, I can't believe I'm telling this story. I, I'm giving it to you guys. I give y'all this. Um, it was, you remember when Donald Trump had said he calls us sons, sons of bitches? That was the third week of the season. I'll never forget um, me. I'm coming in the locker room. I'm. I'm I'm down there late. <laughs> you know, we gotta be sitting out here. It's 7.30, I walk up in the motherfucker, 7.20. I remember, I ain't gonna say his name, but a player, he came and was like, man, you see this shit Donald Trump was saying right here? You know, I go, you know, I'm talking about everybody around my locker. <laughs> like, you see this? And I was like, I'm looking at it a little bit. Coach Garrett, he was, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna keep saying his name. Coach Garrett, he was like, boys, it's time to get to the meetings. So I don't get an opportunity to, to really you know, look at it and digest it the way I wanted to. So, all right, so we sitting up in there, you know, Coach Dooley, the first thing that he said was, yeah, I know you guys saw, you know, what Donald Trump and said this and said this and, you know, he's asking for opinions. I really can't give an opinion because I really don't know nothing. You know, I see some certain guys, you know, my dog over there, Dub, he like, shit, he almost want to walk up out this hole, you know? So, and I, and I, and I kind of get it. So, all right, so this one, it really got weird. So it's time to go to practice. So we, all, we go to practice. The PR guy, you know, we do all the media stuff after practice. He walking back and forth, back and forth on the practice field, back and forth on the practice field. And I'm like, man, what the fuck is really going on? Like, this shit really that serious? Really that serious? So. I remember after practice, you know, because now I'm in practice, but I'm hearing guys talk about it. I still ain't saw the video yet, but I'm hearing guys talk about it. They really bothered. So I'll never forget after practice, we would call practice up, and coach was like, 
It was like, I'm sure you guys, you know, aware of, you know, what our president has said or blah, 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 blah. He went into kind of explaining, like, he tried to give us some type of example of some type of heart, I, I don't know, some, some shit about him at Princeton. And I mean, he kept talking and I kind of, I respectfully interrupted him. And I was like, hey, 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 say, hey, coach, do you understand? Steady trying to go on and on. I said, coach, I don't, you know, I don't mean no disrespect, but do you understand? I said, some of us like to go back home. I said, and I learned this through the, through the players, you know, I'm listening to, you know, what they saying in practice. I said, y'all went and talked. Y'all went and talked and spoke on our behalf saying that we wasn't going to take no knee. I say, like, and that's when I got saying, like, a lot, of, a lot of us like to go back home. Like, we have to deal with that stuff. Like, oh, we coons and we this and, and we that. And, like, I ain't give us the opportunity to even, you know, voice our opinion. I already spoke for us. So i never forget, you know, I said that. I said that. And um, I felt like that's when the fire, that's when shit really broke. Coach Garrett was like, do anybody have anything to say? It was so quiet, you could hear a pen drop. Nobody said nothing. So, and still at this time, we break and we get ready to go in the locker room. I ain't really thinking too much of it. So as I'm walking to the locker room, I got guys coming to tap me on my shoulder, talking about, man, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you for saying something. And, but in my brain, I'm like, man, these niggas done left me out to try. <laughs> like, like, nah, like. Appreciate you. <laughs> that, no, no that, that's where my mind took me, right then and there. Uh, I ain't really too much, you know, I, I snapped back into it and, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about everything and I'm like, damn, you know? I'm just like, I'm like, what the fuck is really going on? You know, so I'm, I go look at the video. First thing I said, oh, nah, this, this ain't cool, right? This motherfucker up here just said anything he want. You know, and, and plus I don't judge, you know, uh, you know, people who they are. But anyway, I, I was just standing up for my guys, to be honest. So, and by the way, we had about 10, 10 meetings about the same shit, you know, over the weekend. I'm like, we having all these meetings for, you know, some of us talking about we gonna take a knee and some guys talking about, you know, um, you know, they ain't gonna take a knee, but we already had it made up in our mind that, hey man, we gonna take a knee and they ain't really even know, you know, yeah. It's not a problem. So, all right, so I got to tell you all this. So we I got it. Yeah, JG, I'm for I'm for I'm for put your ass out there. Real talk. I can't make this up. It's the truth. So me and, I remember we had a meeting. We break that meeting. Me and, me and Skandrick go. Me and Skandrick go to, to JG. Skandrick can vouch for this. We go to we go to JG and be like, hey. Skandrick say, hey, me and 88, we, we, we going to take a knee. Coach Garrett say, Okay, cool. Whatever you boys decide to do, you know, we behind you, whatever. Blase, blase, blase. But the way he said that, I was like, nah, hell nah, he ain't right. So, all right, he walk away. He walk away. He go to his room or whatever. Scandal was like, hey, 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 let's go get something to eat. I was like, nah. I said, he ain't right. I can tell he ain't right. He was like, man, I'm telling you he good. I said, nah, nah, I'm going to get with you. So I go ask the, you know, the travel people who take our stuff, you know, which room Coach Garrett in? Man, I ain't never been to his room on the road, never, ever in my life. So he gave me his room number. So shit, I go to knock on his door. I go up there, knock on his door. Before he opened the door, he was like, come in, come in. I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. 
I, don't, I, don't, I ain't never saw this motherfucker in this type. I ain't never in my life saw him react like this, ever in my life. He was like, I just got off the phone with Charlotte. You know, she gonna, you know, she gonna, you know, she gonna make sure everything is straight, gonna be cool. Charlotte texts me. And the way Charlotte texts me, I still got the message in my phone. The way she texts me was if, you know, I'm overreacting. And I was like, man, I know I ain't overreacting. I just said, I'm gonna take a motherfucking knee. <laughs> I ain't, it ain't no problem. It ain't no, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm being supportive, you know? So I leave this room. Cause I'm like, this is some odd-ass shit. Like, I already know you, you the type of guy to go stand in the mirror and practice your, your speeches. Nothing about you real, buddy. So just, just keeping, nah, nah, just keeping it real, you know? You know, like, so left there. I told Scandal, I said, man, I told you he wasn't right. <laughs> told him everything, you know, what had went on or whatever. <laughs> So anyway, the next day we get to the game, right? We get to the game. We had about two to three meetings again. I'm like, hey man, we already said we for to take a knee. What's going on? Like, what are we even talking about? Like, for real, like, what are we talking about? Get to the locker room. Jerry come up in that motherfucker. First thing Jerry started talking about. Basically, he was just basically just saying, you know, speaking about his brand. Like, Shit. <laughs> we ain't for the fuck up his brand. <laughs> Basically, what he's saying. You get uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. We're going to take a knee together. We're going to do it for the national anthem. And But in my brand, I'm like, that's defeating the purpose. <laughs> like, what's the point of What's the point of us even doing it? So, and I'll never forget this, and I'm going to say this too. Kayvon Frazier, he was a rookie at this time. That was our that was our best special team player. was a rookie. And I remember him put the I remember him putting his fist up. His ass did not dress up the next two weeks without pay. Did not. Did not. He was our best special teams player. And I have no hate towards, you know, Mr. Jones at all, because I feel like I learned a lot from him. Really have learned a lot from him, as right. far as, like, on the business side of things and, you know, how he runs. I don't think nobody in the game better than him when it comes to business. Yeah. So let's just let's make that clear. Yeah, man, I think this is the best Cowboy team I've saw in a long time. I love Dak and CD connection. Yeah. I think they the best in the game. You know, like, I, I kind of wish me and Romo had that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, 120, 120 receptions. You ain't gonna do that. Yeah, I ain't never saw that. <laughs> you stop giving them the pressure, they might not, they might have kept throwing you the ball. Hey, facts. They got the talent. I think they the overall best talented team in the NFL besides the Baltimore Ravens. That you look at Mike McCarthy, he's a Super Bowl winning coach. Yep. Is he the coach to take this great collection of talent to the ultimate prize, which is the Lombardi? 1,000%. You know, 1,000%. You know, I, I really do think that he is the right fit for it. I like the way, I, I really loved how, you know, he, I like how he developed guys. Yeah, he took over for Kellen Moore this year and look at the team yep. offensively. I like how he give his playmakers chances to beat them. He, he put them in a position that fits them. That's what I that's what I've always respected about Coach McCarthy, even when he was with the Packers. I was like, man, you Jordy Nelson, who's Jordy Nelson? You gotta know Jordy Nelson to know Jordy Nelson. And look what he did for Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson gave me hell. Hey. Jordy Nelson. That white boy used to eat you up. Hey, Jordy Grandma. Nelson's a good player, boy. <laughs> and he was catching bombs. Yeah. Hey, he was catching them deep. Yeah. I remember him at Kansas State. I'm talking about yeah. going crazy. Randall Cobb, quarterback. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just, just, just look how he developed them guys, and it's like, and now he's doing this with, you know, real premier talent. Right. Look at what he's doing, you know. So I, I really do. I, I think he's the man for the job, 
And um, and he did it in a short period of time. I'll get messy at the end. Get messy. Would you rather play for Dak or Romo? <sighs> I like Dak right now. <laughs> I like Dak. You, you, would your career have been better if Dak was slanging that, slanging that biscuit to you? I think my career would be better if it was Coach McCarthy being the coach at that time. You get what I'm saying? He was not a, he did not maximize guys. That's how I feel. I feel like he always was preaching about, you know, let's not lose uh, lose opportunity, boys. I'm like, but you, you the you the head man in charge. You're not putting us in the best position to, to really go out here and do things. I hated when it was third down. Everybody knew the ball was coming to me. Yeah. So it was, it was bad, you know, and it was like, still going to make them plays, get it right. I won't go messy that way, but I want to ask you, the quarterbacks are two of your former teams. Mm -hmm. Dak and Lamar, who's the MVP? Oh, man, that's great. That's a great question. Both guys are deserving of the award. Yep. They are. They are. But the only reason why I would say Lamar Jackson, the only reason why I would say Lamar, because that team don't function without him. It, it, it does not. Baltimore is not Baltimore without him. You get what I'm saying? Yep. And I just think with all of the adversity that he's been through and steady, you know, being an overachiever, in the year he's had, the best regular National Football League. I love the Todd Munkin hire. I made that um, comment on your post the other day. I really do think that Todd Munkin and Lamar is equivalent to, to Mahomes and Reed. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I believe that yeah. deep in my heart. Like, you can go back and check my go back and check my tweets. As soon as they hired Munkin, I was like, oh, yeah, they going to the Super Bowl, Lamar winning MVP. This was in February. Mm -hmm. This was way before the season even started. You know, because I got the I, I got I got the opportunity to to play with Lamar. Like I didn't like how I didn't coach Harbaugh. You know, you know I y'all know I like speaking that real. It wasn't Harbaugh's fault. You know, I didn't like how Lamar was being coached from what I saw. I felt like the dude was extremely extremely too talented. I feel like if you just challenge him just a tad bit, we gonna see something that ain't never been done. Mm -hmm. And I also said this too. We still yet to see how great the Ravens are right now. I believe that on the offensive side of football, that's how dominant they are. I feel like Todd Munkin went in there. I feel like he learned Lamar, and he built around Lamar. I didn't see that when I was there. You know, I saw things when when Todd Munkin was with um, Georgia, the little sweeps with the uh, sweeps with the sweeps with the quarterback getting the lineman to pull over here. Saw the same thing with Lamar. I was like, I was like, ooh, he do that with Lamar. Oh my gosh. You get what I'm saying? And you know, cause Stetson Bennett, you know, he he kinda he he not kinda, but he's athletic. You know, he can run a little bit. And um, but yeah, man, just just to see, you know, I already knew that was the perfect fit. That's the perfect match. You know, Ravens got a lot of coach monking up, at, you know, if they want to get the best of Lamar. I don't think no other offensive coordinator in the National Football League can bring the best out of Lamar the way Coach Munkin. Dez, man, you gave us more than we bargained for, bro. That was excellent. <laughs> I we feel like I didn't give y'all nothing. Nah, you see <laughs> <laughs> You might have been the Cat Williams of wide receivers. <laughs> man, that was awesome, yeah, man. Hey, man, appreciate you being open and vulnerable, too, man. Yes, sir, I appreciate man. that, man. We no need more of that. All. Hold up. Limitless. Take a semi-cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a semi-cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up.